Report. Today, I have a very special guest, William Ramsey, to talk to me about Damien Eccles. We'll be counting down the 10, maybe a little bit more, greatest sayings, statements, and actions of convicted child killer Damien Eccles. Welcome, William Ramsey. Thanks for having me. Great to be with you again. Hold on one second. Okay. So before we were talking, um, we were talking about... Oh, Tom! <laughs> Thank you. It's my boyfriend playing this show in the other room. It's like echoing my ear. Um, so right before we started, uh, George Powell, a um, darling of the Innocence Project, Texas Innocence Project, he um, was given a release for he was in prison for uh, a robbery and there was a net he was featured in a Netflix show and he got released and while he was out he got a DUI and a meth conviction and is now back in prison oh, and that was a project of uh, Bob Ruff's oh, why am I not surprised <laughs> <laughs> right so I mean it's just uh, and he's still doing like I think he has two GoFundMe's, you know. So, well, that seems to be the de rigueur like uh, default is get out and then get the GoFundMe, you know, headed up with a lot of sob <laughs> stories. Right, right. Yeah. Um. So, all right, I have mine ten written down. Um. So I guess I'll start. Can I start okay. with one? Yeah. Or do you want to do start? a countdown, or are we going to start with the top? I, I think th we should start. I, I don't have any particular order. Do okay. you have an order? I, I have to admit, I do. I think I have ones that okay. uh, become more relevant. Number one is much more relevant to understanding the case in my list than ten. Uh huh. But I don't mind. Okay. You can do whatever you want. Okay. So, um, all right. Then I'll start with. Uh, I'll start with. Um, uh, I'll start with my sort of more benign ones. Okay. At the press conference, they asked him if it was hard to take a deal where he would be a convicted child killer. So basically, it's a guilt, take a guilty plea, and they asked him if it was hard, and he was like, no, it's, it, it wasn't hard. I didn't think about it for very long. So, being a convicted child killer, that wasn't a, a hard hard choice for him wow. yeah it's unbelievable that would be a hard choice for me wouldn't it be <laughs> wouldn't you think that would be the hard choice for anybody yeah they said did you think about it for a long not really not really yeah it's unbelievable it's just so crazy and I noticed how I watched that press conference again and how often the lawyers interrupt them interesting and speak for them it's very interesting I didn't notice that but yeah what was that August 2011 right that one, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. Lots yeah. of hugging and kissing, and I think I think that like one of them didn't, didn't Eccles have like a herpes sore on his lip? It was like from spinal yes. tap, yes, spinal tap or something like that. Yeah, something he shares with Amanda Knox. Ooh, yeah, well. <laughs> so what I, do you have? That was my that was one of my runners up. Was the, okay. Uh, I'll start off with number ten. This is from his in jail writings. Quote: No more. Everyone will pay because everyone is too stupid to open their eyes. This is the final times, and I am the new Messiah. Wake up and smell the crud, faggot. Uh, blank. I don't care whether you are saved or not. Everyone pays the price. Unquote. 
And that was from when he was uh, in jail or prison, waiting trial? Correct. So that's his uh. own in his own hand. It's a lot of these are, that I'm going to share are in his own handwritings or his own admissions, his own statements. So I think you are too, right? But uh, yeah, that that's actually in the court files uh, in his own writing. So okay, so I tried to pick more obscure ones. Okay, he called Genesis Peoridge. So can you just talk a little bit about who Genesis? He just died recently. Who he was? Right, he was from England. He was he started really his own kind of occult group called the Temple of Psychic Youth. But he was also in a band called um, Throbbing Gristle. There was a number of bands, but they were kind of really at the beginning of what would be called acid house or industrial music, a lot of electronic Uh music, a lot of, you know, drugs were usually involved and all that stuff. But he was actually fled England. He was called the Wrecker of Civilization. I covered him in Children of the Beast. But uh, he was, yeah, he, he, yeah, it gets really grotesque. End of his life, he married a dominat or married a dominatrix and had all this plastic surgery to to look like each other they yeah thought, he like, was he was really one of the first gender bender types like he thought he was a like some kind of uh pan gender type person i think he called it the pandrogyne um mm-hmm. something that actually cruelly talked about describing you know the devil was a pandrogyne where you're not uh gender oriented but yeah, he changed and himself with his ideas are just very bizarre. If you watch this interview, uh, Genesis P. Orge's interview with MoMA uh, at MoMA um, in New York, he's saying, "Why can't we inject the genes of the bear and and hibernate humans hibernate for six months?" Very strange. Um, yeah, very strange. Yeah, guy. very like very weird, very weird. And he was ahead of his time. He referred to himself as "we." Right. Do uh, new pronouns, right? <laughs> Yeah, special pronouns. Yes. So uh, when Damien Eccles referred to Genesis Peorge as his mother figure, oh, I, you know, I didn't I ever heard that. Where did you? Where's that reference from? I don't. I can't remember, but it's stuck in my brain. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. They were in a movie together. For people who don't know, it was called IRL, and Eccles is holding a shotgun, and uh, Orage is dressed up in some kind of weird thing with like a grill like fake metal teeth and looking very odd I think yeah there's it, one very creepy article about Genesis P origin if I, if I can find it I'll put it in the uh, top of the chat uh, after this is over so people can read what he was all about but and, his associate was Peter Christopherson who I covered in great detail in my book about I mean my film about the smiley face killers he was a very strange guy like Crowley had Crowley pictures and uh, you know all the kind of ugly stuff these guys did but uh, he was a he was in this band throbbing gristle with genesis peorge but peter christopherson's yeah, very interesting yes person. very um, dangerous yeah very very and never went back to the uk never as went back to the uk when he fled he fled right to timothy leary's archivist whose name was horowitz and his daughter is winona Ryder. so he was he was in that circle so leary his archivist is Horowitz. Orge goes there. Yeah. Interesting people. Interesting circle of friends. Okay, so we have, uh, what do we We're at two or three? Yeah, so you've done two, down? I've done one. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go back to the, I'm going to go back to the court records. This is another <laughs> of his writing. Quote, 
Halloween gets closer every day. I'm outgrowing my skin. My hands and feet are changing. I am the Christ. Realize what is happening before it's too late. That's amazing. (laughs) (sighs) So that's two. I I haven't even gotten to the Kool-Aid quote yet. What? I haven't even gotten to the Kool-Aid quote yet. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. Go That's ahead. all right. No, you want me to throw in another one? Yeah, continue on. Okay. Yeah. This is another quote. My body is changing, but that medicine is making it happen a lot more slowly than normal. I'm outgrowing my skin. I'm eating packs of sugar and Kool-Aid to give my body the extra energy it needs to make its change. Soon people will be able to know I am the Christ just by looking at me. Unquote. Oh, my God. Mine is when he said that they didn't call any witnesses because they were all so ridiculous, uh, that the state's case was so ridiculous that his um, defense attorney didn't want to bother. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's when you look at all these things, like, how can people believe this? Come on. I mean, we haven't even gotten started yet. <laughs> we're just starting. True. Okay. Uh, you're next. I'm next. Okay. This is the love letter to his wife, um, quote, uh, (laughs) You needed it, sweetest of the monkeys, dot, dot, dot. I'm holding you close, little monkey skins, unquote. If someone wrote that to me, I would run the other way so fast, Willie Brancy. It's like a serial killer (laughs) letter or something. (laughs) I would ghost that person so fast. Oh my god. So strange. And, you know, it's always written up as this, you know, they wrote a book of their love letters and it's always presented as this great love story. Um, I don't know if you were the one who told me that she was writing other prisoners before Damien Echoes. Is that true? Yeah, I've heard other, I've heard rumors about her um, sleeping with one of the producers from HBO as well. So. Oh my god. I mean, it gets and, worse. <laughs> We're, uh, and we haven't seen her in a few. Have you seen her not, uh, not publicly? Recently. In a few years? Not recently. I think she's still around, though. I think she, I, it seems like he's kind of uh, more than happy being in the spotlight. That's for sure. I don't know. I don't know where she is. Right. And we were just talking um, before we started. Added he added a sort of a third woman to their marriage. She was like very young, tattooed uh, woman. And that didn't last long, right? Yeah, I haven't seen her around. She was pictures. There were pictures of her for a little bit. She seemed like uh, there, but I don't know what happened to her. I, I, I'm trying to remember her name. I saw a picture of her earlier today when I was going through my research. Yours are so good that I don't know. Mine really pale in comparison. Uh, well, you're. <laughs> well, I've had the misfortune of uh, reading a lot of this stuff in detail, like High Magic and some of his other books. So. Uh, okay. So, so you, you want to you want to do a go high ahead. magic one? Okay, this is from yeah. High Magic: A Guide to Spiritual Practices That Saved My Life on Death Row, page two thirteen. Quote: For now, I'll spare you the finer points of that time: the raw sewage, the blistering heat, the rats and mosquitoes, the isolation, and the daily beatings by the guards. Unquote. Daily. 
daily. So it was like a daily yeah. thing. Yeah, just came in and beat Did they have a specific time or did they just uh, do it whenever they felt like it? I guess, you know, it was just like post lunch, let's go beat up at Eccles. <laughs> just we're done with lunch, let's go beat and torture him for 15 minutes. <laughs> that was one of mine too, was the oh. welcome to the neighborhood party for three weeks. They put him in the hole and beat him and tortured him in every way they could torture him. Uh, I mean, that was supposed that to be the excuse where he was about to, like, lose his teeth. And do you, have you ever yeah, seen the interview? Yeah, because there's no root canals. And I'm like, what yeah. did that guards give you a cavity? Yeah, really. <laughs> but they're feeding? There was an interview where he said his teeth were, like, coming in the... In the yeah. The, have you seen that interview where the investigator yeah, yeah, the actually no starts... Yeah, there's no root canals, there's no crowns on death row. And, you know, they just said that they were going to pull them all out. And I didn't want to face my family without my teeth. But just a note, his son, I don't think he's had any contact with since he's been out that, I, that I've heard about. And his son is currently in jail for, um, what was it, uh, molesting a minor? Or it's oh. some kind of, know. you know, in that realm. It's sort of more specific than that. And uh, you never see his son. So he was so concerned about facing his family with his teeth. But uh, now uh, but now he doesn't want to... I've never seen him spend any time with his family. Only in the or documentaries. Probably. That was all I ever saw, you know, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's very... But the teeth I... were very important for his family. And, then, and so the woman interviewer says, your, your teeth, well, they look... You have them now. He's like... Well, yeah, I ha I, 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 they look pretty good now. Yeah, well, that's because uh, I meditated and dealt with the pain. Right. So I use energy work or something. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's often kind of misquoted that he said he lost all his teeth. He didn't say he lost all his teeth, but he's um, hinting that his teeth were really damaged by this beating of the guards. And I mean, they look pretty good to me. I don't, I don't know. I didn't do a full, I, you know, I can't do a full examination. <laughs> from TV, but <clears throat> just to go back, the girl's name, the third uh -huh. party, her name was Erica Flannes, F L A N N E S, and I, I don't know. Okay, what her. she was a. You're right. She was a tattoo artist. Oh yeah. So that was yeah the daily beatings so by the guards. Great. So that story is always kind of he always trots that out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. Okay, you what want you to got? take another one? No, you go. I just have his artwork. So I know that's not a statement, but it's a visual statement. Like the one, No One Came. Do you remember that one? Which one was the that? The horrific face. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yes, I do. This is a really that. scary artwork that would give you an insight into a disturbed person. Yes. And I don't understand how... His supporters can look at his artwork and think that, they, that he's a normal, well-balanced human. I don't either. I do not either. Yes. No one came. That was, I think, a post on 2015. Yes. With the X'd eyes and the kind of smiley face. And I think he said it was just from Salem, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. Salem times. He's yeah. he's he's retired his art. Uh, did you see that he uh, retired as an artist and he gave his last painting to Dave Navarro? No, I did not know that. I did not know. That. <laughs> when did you find that out? Just this morning. Oh. Okay. 
<laughs> yeah, he's blocked me from Twitter, but he hasn't blocked me from Instagram. So, uh, well, hopefully, or maybe, or maybe I did get into Twitter. I think maybe it was on Twitter and Instagram, but I got in somehow. Found well, a way, Davy Eccles. Maybe David Pearls. You can block me, but I found a way. All right, so this, um, this is a picture. I'm sending it to you on Skype. A picture of Navarro. He's uh, all okay. tied up, hanging with this. He's kind of like these guys all have kind of the similar bodies of, of tons of occult tattoos. He actually has shared similar tattoos to Eccles, and you'll see these guys have similar tattoos that kind of bind them together. But uh, it's coming through right now. It should be there in just a sec. But this guy he likes the time. I think so I even know the one you're gonna send even before you send it. Hold on. Yeah. It should be there. Oh. oh, oh no, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Doesn't Dave Navarro have some kind of shooting in his past, or am I confusing him? No, with someone his else? mom was murdered by an ex-boyfriend. Oh, yeah, really grim, really brutal stuff. So, what kind of person, you know? befriends a convicted child killer hey, on, you, on probation. Yeah, look at these guys. They're all into the same stuff. You know, I think that's really it. And they Dave Navarro was in the Red Hot Chili Peppers who did, I don't think he was in them uh, you know, for when they did Blood Sex Sugar Magic. No, he was one of the later ones, but he was one of the original guys, I think, for Jane's Addiction. Perry Farrell, Peripheral, Supposedly, were instructed by some beings to start uh, the Lollapalooza. You ever hear that story? No, tell me. Yeah, well, it was just like, you know, Perry Farrell was some had some kind of contact with some discarnate being, and uh, it told him to start a music festival, and that was the foundation of Lollapalooza. Really, it's, that it, never happens to me. Never happened to me either. So, but uh, happens to these guys. Yeah, because I was reading through Echo's old stuff. You ever remember his story about Rosie? Remember the Rosie story, where it yes. licked his hand and yes. took him on. Well, just so as part of these writings, like I quoted these writings, but some of the earlier writings, and it's in my book, Abomination, is this being would come to Eccles and tell him things and get ready for Halloween and things are going to happen and it's not important for you to know right now and take him on these like strange midnight rides on a horse it's almost like muhammad too like they had this weird late night horse rides with this art uh this other being and he he said it wasn't real and then that they came to him in bed and licked his hand said do you not think i'm real so it was pretty intense pretty scary that's not the Red. only story of echoes because he also said in the exhibit 500 he said he had a, a woman dead woman was a spirit in his body it made him stronger Oh yeah. yeah. Isn't it interesting that Rosie is also interested in Halloween just like Damien Eccles? Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's like this weird kind of visionary, you know, things that are laden with tons of meaning in the future. It's it's really it's really strange writing, yeah. All right. Okay. Who's next? Are you next or me? Um I have his uh, his Arkansas rally in 2017 where he appeared with Johnny Depp who was so wasted beyond uh, uh, human uh, beyond human belief and he said uh, the local politicians tried to execute me even when DNA came out that excluded me they still tried to execute me 
That's a tough one, man. That's just a bunch of baloney. I guess. And I, also, in the next breath, he says that the people that he met on death row were the most compassionate, amazing human beings, and, and much more incredible, like amazing human beings, and much better human beings than the people trying to kill him. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll counter that with the Jody Medford statement. <laughs> Where she said, okay. he, he told her, quote, I killed the three little boys, and before I turn myself in, I'm going to kill two more, and I already have one picked out, unquote. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, pretty amazing. Okay. Uh, how about his storage facility? Yeah. Well, those are, that's in my top five. <laughs> that's my top five. Facility. That's my I don't five. know. Is that a statement? I kind of was a little loose, William Ramsey, with my uh, list here. I just wrote storage facility. Do you want the quotes from the storage facility? Because yes, I have it. Okay. How about you. quote in his own writing? Quote, I am the devil, not a devil, unquote. So Incredible. That's, yeah, sometime, I don't know when he wrote that, but I guess I'm assuming it was sometime he was in jail. And then the other one is... Uh, well, we don't have the photographic evidence because Horn, the guy who bought the storage locker, sent it back to Eccles and his wife. But this mm-hmm. is, uh, yeah, this is a tough, <laughs> this is a tough one. But uh, quote: My adoring slave is this very moment in the bedroom, tied face down on the bed. I can hear her trying to call out to me, even through the bright red ball gag in her mouth. Oh, and weren't there pictures, um, yes. sort of pornographic pictures uh, in there? He, uh, yeah, I think the Horn said that they were S&M pictures of her. Then he sent them back to Eccles. Right, which also brought me up in my research, that picture of Eccles that he sent out that uh, to some other girl where he wanted to tie her up to. That was a, do you remember that story? Did you ever see that picture? I yes. I sent that to her, yeah. So he's he was like... Uh, he was drunk. Sexting was, fans. Yeah, drunk sexting. <laughs> with with the picture, like taking pictures of himself. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I just can't even imagine it. Like I just imagining getting that that picture. Yeah. <laughs> of Whoa. Yeah, I'd be pretty scared. Yeah. And. Also, remember when he was taking pictures of his cats on top in a pan? Like on the top of a stove? Like he was going to boil them? He said, oh, my cat crawled onto the top of the stove. I've I've had cats my whole life. I've never had a cat crawl on the top of the stove and fall asleep in a pan. That's weird. Yeah, I don't remember that. You know, with this history of animal abuse, it was extremely disturbing. Tons. There was that one. Did you ever read the story where they killed a pig and had threw a pig's head on somebody's porch? No. Yeah, that was the that was the Garrett's wording statement where they did that. And wasn't I and they were steal. I mean, the, the story that that um, I know he retracted in one of Miss Kelly's confession was that they were eating dogs, right? Right. Killing was, eating yeah. dogs. Yeah. And wasn't Baldwin caught trying to steal a neighbor's dog? Dog. Yeah. There was a story about that. Yes. I mean, these are not, you know, these these weren't just, I mean, these are really out there, scary kids, now, you know, adults. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Let's see. Um, 
Damien Nichols is bisexual. Become a god. He wanted. It said. Garrett's warning stated the demon that had possessed Damien Eccles must kill nine people before it could become a god. Okay. And Damien Eccles' warning began to tell me about Damien Eccles having a demon inside of him that was placed there by a man called Lucifer. This kind of mysterious figure. But the uh, let's see. Garrett Swording also right. talked about Nairns belonging to a cult where they were sacrificing cats and that Jesse Miskelly and Jason Baldwin were also members of the group. Um, where's the pig? Deanna Holcomb. Garrett Swording stated that Damien Eccles' former girlfriend, Deanna Holcomb, was dating this other guy, Lucifer. person by the name of Julia. Who do you think was the the sort of uh, you know they talk some a little bit about a ring leader that was sort of yeah it was Lucifer yeah that was yeah, Lucifer. Lucifer that was who Deanna Holcomb that's who yeah so she and here's yeah. another one Swording also stated that Nairns would stuff cats into jars and throw them into the air and hit them with bats or a board that's lovely. Eccles would do that? No, this guy, they're one of their friends named oh, Nears. Oh, Nears. Okay. Nears. Stuff cats into a jar. Jeez. Oh. I can't find the pig statement. Shoot. I don't know where it is. Anyway. Yeah, Speaking that's, that's a Statements, I got a great comment today. Okay. What which was? I think typifies uh, a supporter. For last night. Hold on one second. Let me get in the comments. Pull it up. Okay, if you need proof, please listen to the confession. She's talking about Jesse Miss Kelly's first confession. Singular confession, right? That's okay. Yeah, just one. Yeah. Not the six or six plus. Right. Um, uh, okay. He was no... Oh, Damien had nothing to do with a cult. He was no different than the idiot they brought in that claimed to be an expert on cults. He had to read the books and learn the cult's backgrounds and investigate and learn. Damien was educating himself, not trying to be a witch. He just accidentally fell into it, I guess, William right. Ramsey. Right. It was his own, yeah. Even, even though his own statements are that he liked Wicca and that he found something about magic in the back of a book. I mean, all these statements in high magic just um, reveal him to have knowledge. And that's one of my top ten was one of them, which is... Quote, lastly, I, by no means did I invent magic. I walk in the footsteps of some of the greatest magicians in history. Israel Regardi, Aleister Crowley, John, and people I don't really know, John Michael Greer, Donald Michael Craig, Dorothy Morrison, Silver Ravenwolf, and Stephen Mace. Well, I mean, these mm -hmm. are his, in his own handwriting. That's, that's high magic again. So, you know, the Crowley just is constantly being popped, you know, popped up. Right, and even um, non-supporters were really shied away from saying that the occult had anything to do with this crime for years. Yeah, and, and still some of them do. Well, you that's know? interesting that you bring that up because when I first published, like a lot of the people who believed that they committed the crime thought I was coming way out of left field. Like, why are you talking about this? Why are you even talking about the occult? Haven't we already compartmentalized that and, and nullified that as something important? in the story of this case and I was like it's it's the it's the core of the case what are you talking about so there's still it's people the like the core of his life and then and even when Damien Eccles came out and wrote an essay and said I was persecuted for my love and knowledge of Crowley 
and he lied about it on the stand. So you don't lie about something that's not important under oath. Right. I'm glad right? you said that. That was my number one quote from his <laughs> own hand. No, from his own handwritten article in Vice under his own name, 2015. Quote: Some of the most damning evidence brought against me during the trial was my love of knowledge of Crowley. And you unpack that one one sentence. There's so much there that is like if there was another court case, this would just be one something that they should repeat over because he's admitting it's damning evidence. This is mm -hmm. his own writing. This is his own admission. Was my right. love of knowledge of Crowley, which people said wasn't there, but on the stand price, the prosecutor had a copy of Crowley's Magic and Theory Practice. And mm -hmm. there's just tons of denials, denials, denials. But you can't deny if you write it in your own hand in a Vice article in 2015. Mm -hmm. so. See, and I, get, I just got another comment. Of, um, to be fair, this is someone who thinks uh, they're guilty. The prosecutor should not have put that occult expert up there. As someone who's dabbled in the occult, I can confirm their expert was a quack. The prosecution had a solid case. This case would have never been overturned. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't if yeah. not for the ammunition provided from the manufactured portions of their case, such as the ridiculous insinuations that Aleister Crowley promoted eating children or other eating children or other nonsense. Can you can you uh, speak to that? Well, I mean that's laden with so much ignorance. I mean, it'd, it'd probably take a whole another hour interview. But Crowley himself, in Magic and Theory and Practice, talked about sacrifice of energy. Human <laughs> sacrifice is the best as a direct quote. Um, for people who are interested, I just put out a movie about Crowley on Vimeo uh, that really covers Crowley in detail and, and covers all these specifics of him talking about human sacrifice. So it's all there. Not whether people believe it or not. You know, that's another thing. But uh, uh, the, the whole story, I mean, the guy himself who they put on the stand at that time was one of the people who was an ex-cop who, I can't remember his name offhand, but... Who, Griffiths? Griffiths, yeah. So he, um, that was what they had, you know. And even 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 um, Eccles on the stand, and, and this flies in the face of that person's comment, is they asked him if he knew stuff about the gold. He said, I know everything about it. At 18. Which is mm -hmm. his response to the prosecutor. So... Yeah. Um, a lot of people cannot analyze not only this case, but just reality, factually based, look at the thing and facts that actually happened. So that's why okay. they write stuff. I mean, that's why I think people, somebody writes like that. Like, oh, they had a solid case. They really didn't. The prosecutors really didn't have a solid case. I don't think the case was that solid. They had a lot of firsthand witnesses, people who placed Eccles at the scene. But I don't think the cases were there were that great, but there the defenses weren't great either, right? Because Baldwin Baldwin didn't have an alibi, and and Eccles and uh, Miss Kelly's alibis, you know, basically fell apart on the stand, right? Yeah, the wrestling it, alibi it, it, and the the phone call alibi. And you can see in Paradise Lost, uh, Baldwin's lawyer is saying to him. See, we didn't put anyone up on the stand to give you an alibi, so they couldn't tear our case down. Right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, there's, 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 there's a lot of post-conviction facts that inform what happened leading up to the crime and the trials. There's tons of stuff that they've talked about that, uh, I mean, including the post 
conviction admissions or confessions by Eccles. I mean, by Miss Kelly. But there's a lot of there's a lot of. I mean, this yeah, what he's written, Eccles has written, is evidence against him. Right. If they're you know in the future. And did you watch any of that? Um, say uh, I don't know what to call it. That cartoon. Um, the guy was on Joe Rogan. No, have you? The Eccles is now uh, voicing a satanic cartoon. It's like in the thumbnail picture for this video. Um, Duncan Trussell Duncan is his Trussell, name. Yes. Supposed to be a comedian, but I've never seen his work. I've only and even trying to find his work. All I could find was him on Rogan. Sort of odd. Yeah, he seems the Midnight Gospel, right? Uh huh. Did you watch it? I've just watched little clips of it, and it's it's disturbing to have a child killer. I mean, you know, if John Wayne Gacy voiced um, Bambi or something, you know, some cartoon, or even a cartoon meant for adults, I, I, it would be. I mean, I would think America would be up in an uproar. They but because be. Eccles, yeah. they, they've just propagandized the public so much, it's just, uh, you know, just kind of goes Yeah, you could call it propaganda, you could call it mind control. Yeah, I mean, uh -huh. they're, they're definitely shaping people's minds about this case. Look at this, there's a video, I'm watching it. It's pretty disturbing. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh, I, mean, I mean, that's, I mean, you know, Eccles' voice. How about Eccles calling the police? And taunting them. Taunting them, right. I mean, that supposedly, arguably, is not his voice. If you ask me, it sounds like, like him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly his voice. I mean... When is this, when is this show supposed it. to come out? When is the Midnight Gospel supposed to come out? I thought it was already out. No? no? I only see the trailer. I don't know. I thought it was already out on Midnight Swim. Or is that where it's uh, going? Netflix. Or Netflix. Or Netflix. Yeah. Maybe Netflix? It's on Netflix, yeah. Netflix, yeah. He says it's one of his proudest achievements, Damien Eccles. One of the greatest things he's ever done. Really? Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I had mean... fun with his Twitter this morning, as you can tell. It was just one self-promotion. And Damien Eccles is going to be speaking tonight uh, virtually to everyone right after this, in a half an hour, on... Uh, Live from oh gosh, it's that club downtown. I'm trying to think of it, but it's gonna be broadcast. Hold on one second. I'm afraid. Yeah, I mean, like, does anyone stop and think that this is a convicted child killer, and maybe we shouldn't have him giving um, speeches? They should. <laughs> to, they should giving them a platform. He's still under probation. I mean, nobody seems to ever mention that. Yeah, you know, but I, I guess I, if you if you pre preface every article about him with the with the sentence that says convicted for a crime he didn't commit, and just mm -hmm. pound that into people's brains, after mm -hmm. a while they just break down and they don't do any um, critical critical evaluation or uh, you know insight into it. And if you have people like John Douglas and uh, what's his face. Uh, the guy from Real Crime Profile. If you have those two people, the FBI guys, saying Jim Clemente, Jim Clemente, yeah, mm -hmm. maybe that's enough. Yeah. That's oh, enough. Irving Plaza. That's what I was trying to think of. Uh, Damian Eccles will be live on Instagram today at 5 p.m. Eastern um, 
to, and you don't really say what he's going to be talking about. He's going to be answering questions. Hmm. So, I mean, I mean, usually it's really interesting with his speeches. Usually they charge money, like when Satoya Brown uh, came to John Jay College, she was they were charging thirty five dollars. It seems like that's a good way. He's charged other kind of crazy prices to hear him speak. It's a way of keeping the, you know, critics out. Hmm, right. Yeah, I wouldn't pay 35 bucks. I wouldn't pay 5 bucks. No. I mean, who would? But uh, Just a this fawning, is, I guess... you know, uh, zap, you know, admire. So, so are you ready for a game? Thing? Yeah, I am. But let me just finish off with my. Oh, I, yeah. I've said I four know. of my top five quotes. This oh, is my, I didn't know we were even. I, I, you had done so many great ones. Okay, I didn't here, even know. Here's another. Here's a. I okay. quote: "I can end all of you anytime now, you stupid effers. I can see physical changes happening in my body. I can tell it's getting ready. The abo nations have already begun to be spit forth from the earth. I have seen some of them. I will become one soon. I will be the king of freaks." I see a perfect explosion, God's ammunition dump going up in the flames of righteousness, Satan storming heaven, his artillery captain a fiercely grinning fool with red flayed cheeks, Damien by name, never to be Michael Hutchison again. The end is here. Kiss your ass goodbye. Unquote. And so Damien said he got his name from some um, leper. Right, the leper colony in, in Hawaii, Molokai or whatever. Father Damien. Uh-huh. Like everything, everything that comes. I mean, there's so little truth that it's just too much. And he, I mean, he was caught. I think when they arrested him, he had a copy of The Exorcist, right? Didn't he? Wasn't there a picture of his store, of his place where he was living, and there was a copy of The Exorcist on the ground? Oh wow! Did you ever hear that? Yeah. Yeah, and I was like looking at all the history. Can you talk a little bit about the history with um, Michael Blatty and Damian Eccles? When yeah, he, that was Salem. Salem. Right, so he got out of jail and went to Salem. I think he was saying that he felt comfortable there, and that was the witch trials. And uh, Michael Blatty, who is the son of Peter Blatty, who wrote The Exorcist, was living at Salem at the time, and said, hey, guys, you have a convicted child killer living in town. And it really started this kind of firestorm, and there was a, I think it was called Patch, which was the local city kind of message board. And I was following that still and kind of tinkering around, but Mike Blatty was just hammering away at all the court. He actually started reading the court cases. He actually has the facility to sit down and kind of go through that stuff. And he's like, hey, there's real problems here, guys. And then all of these other kind of occult-oriented people came out in defense of Eccles. And one guy was like a known warlock in town. And it was all very strange. But, you know, I tried to save a lot of that information, but I was definitely watching that. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what led me to start talking to Mike Blatty and really just chatting with him through that kind of similar you know that similar you know outlook and uh yeah and then Eccles left and went to New York City so he was there for a while my understanding is I think he tried to set up a business without a proper license um something like that but yeah it's it's crazy and he left so so quickly yeah you know yeah I don't think he was there for very long but uh it may not have been what he expected what it, what it was. I, you know, I don't know. And um, why do you think it, it is that every major pa- publication, every um, all the major news networks, everything that this every 
big sort of media outlet only produces things about their innocence? That's a great question. It's almost almost uniform. Even NPR, even what Goodman, The View, Piers Morgan, all these places they've been on. They went on. He and his wife went on that kind of publicity tour on the talk radio. I mean, the morning talk show circuit, and everybody just just nobody asked any real questions. The only well, one. Well, The View was the closest, closest I think. Yeah. 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 To asking a critical question, I think just out of confusion. <laughs> yeah, like they didn't get it. Like, how did this person get on here? That's kind of like Judge <laughs> Judge Janine, I think. And then there was uh, another woman who said, "Well, if you didn't do it, who did?" Like, I think she asked that, and they, I think, they, <laughs> yeah. So she actually was kind of baffled. I think that question, like you're right, it came out of some kind of bafflement. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, really something else do you think that they picked the stepfathers to to continue to torture them as as you know blame the the murders on on them i don't know i mean do you think that they yeah i I, you know there might have been some bad blood you don't even see i think that buyers definitely was talking a lot of uh you know making some pretty heated statements so maybe that's why they blamed him first Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah I, i don't know in the recent um episode I did with Meredith she was saying you know she made a really good point and I hadn't fully considered before which was that if you really want to live a kind of easier life it's much easier to just you know go along you know and not have these crazy supporters harass you endlessly I mean Terry Hobbs has been put through hell Hell. Um, hey it wasn't that easy for me when I published my book like I still got people one starring books on uh, on Amazon, I've got all these high-level occultists following me, harassing me. So you know, it's uh, whatever. I you know, I, I, I you can see why people just don't want to go through the that that uh, hassle. And I think it, yeah, there's there's a lot of elements going on, social conformity and uh, other elements as to why people just don't want to ask too many hard questions. I mean, do you think you could get a critical if if you if you submit it? I don't know how you get a critical article published about them. In, in- I don't know, not in any major paper. No, I don't think so. But there's critical articles out there on the internet. Other people have kind of come around. People who aren't even in the kind of uh, circles of West Memphis Three Facts or anything like that. There's still people who are going, "Hey, there's real problems here, guys." So, but it really makes you think about some kind of uniform kind of propaganda yeah. uh, message that that gets sent. I mean, the New York Times, The Guardian, uh, Rolling Stone, Spin. Uh, I mean, Vice. Right. I mean, you know, at any major any major uh, media outlet yeah. is all. all supported the West Memphis Three. Don't you th- do you think that his PR agent has something to do with that about shaping the narrative and getting that narrative out there? I mean, if you have a specialist who that's their lifestyle, they know the contacts with the major media. That's true. You know, I think that 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 may be the real fo- focus to figure out why it's like that. It's not these, you know, somebody who's been in jail for a long time, but people who are specialists and who are getting paid. Right, getting paid mm-hmm. out of a huge fund of ten to twenty million dollars that nobody's had an accounting of, getting your story out. So, I mean, Life After Death was a huge. I mean, it was a big bestseller. 
There's a lot of fanfare with that. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of problems with that. I critique that in my book, and mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I think uh, I think that you have to appreciate that there's definitely a crew, a group of people helping out with to make sure that this narrative is solidified in the public mind. No question, and I, I think that's actually sad. And I think that's not. It's not only the West Memphis three case, it's a lot of other court cases and a lot of other things. You can just see this, how, how potent PR can be if, uh, if they are funded properly and, you know, if they, if they get the high points of the, you know, the commanding heights of the American media on their side or whatever, <laughs> I still go back and watch the Piers Morgan interview on CNN with them. And it's just incredible. I mean, even, even the one with, yeah, with the view, I think that was the one with uh, the director of West of Memphis, where she's. I mean, she's just saying the most ridiculous thing: giant prehistoric beasts. Like she literally went into almost a cartoon, comical phrase. Or a bird was on. Wait, like, why? Why was she saying giant prehistoric beasts because, about what? Yeah, but that was the what caused the injuries to the children. She literally. Oh. Yeah, I'll have to find that. I think it's on my YouTube channel. But she literally said, like, giant prehistoric beasts, and it's like, yo, <laughs> what giant? Dinosaurs came yeah, back. They came to, through to, some portal, uh, yeah, or something, yeah. Why so, was the Piers Morgan, why do you think the Piers Morgan interview was so incredible? Because he's looking right at Eccles, who looked skinny and pale, and he goes, I'm looking at you right here. You don't look like somebody who would do, you know, like in detail. You don't look like a satanic, Satan-loving, uh, you know, and I'm like, what are you seeing, Morgan? Because I'm looking right at him. <laughs> and he's like making hand signs and gestures and nodding along. He does this, Eccles does this thing when people are saying what he he wants them to say, he just nods along. Yep, that's right. Uh -huh. Did the same thing to Goodman. Very good, Goodman, yes. For a crime I didn't commit. That's right. Wow. Yeah. It's like a puppet. You're my puppet. You're my puppet, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting that you say that because he's literally puppeteering these ostensibly sophisticated media figures like Goodman mm -hmm. has been around for a long time same with Morgan getting played getting played like she, chumps she's a Harvard graduate right <laughs> getting so played like chumps there? like little getting clowned in a big bad way yeah forever on on record you know so yeah so are you ready to play a game yes okay so which child killer said it so okay. we have you have your choice of Ian Brady or Damien Eccles Okay. okay. The concept of hell and endless torment is popular with those who believe they aren't headed there. Ian Brady. Correct. I think you're going to ace this. <laughs> I tried to make it. A how many? Bit how many questions are there? I don't know. Let's see how far okay. we go. If you keep okay. acing them, I don't know. Maybe I'll abandon it. Okay. Uh, there's no such thing as the future. It exists only in our imagination. Damien Nichols. Oh, jeez, you're really amazing this. Okay. Uh, one should try to be honest with one's um, oneself almost as a daily devotion. Damien Eccles. No. Ian Brady, wow. Okay. Two, two, two more. Okay. Well, at least we made it a little interesting. Okay. <laughs> um, good laws left to the interpretation of evil men are no longer good. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say... That's a tough one. I'm going to say Ian Brady. 
Correct. Okay. So I think you're still doing pretty Three well. If you are going to survive uh, um, in prison, in there, you have to focus on something besides the, the misery of the situation. Damien Eccles. Correct. Okay. Can I? Can, should I yeah. just? However, however many. I'm at eighty percent now, so at least you know. If I hit one more, that'll put me. Uh, I was maybe. a horrendous student as a child. Ooh. That could be both of them. Um, I'm gonna say Ian Brady. That's Eccles. Eccles. Mm. At least you're making it interesting. I'm trying. Uh, okay. Uh, and you're welcome to play at home too. In a captive environment, paranoia is unavoidably is unavoidable. Only the prison authorities call it paranoia. Prisoners call it sensible precautions. That sounds like Ian Brady to me. Correct. Oh. I can't stand feeble robotic psychiatrists. Feeble robotic psychiatrists. Ooh, this is tough. Um. Eccles? That's Brady. Brady. Mm. <laughs> mm. They're close though, still, right? Yeah, they're I really similar. I wanted to do this game with John Wayne Gacy and they were and it was just too obvious, you know? Uh-huh. But Ian Brady is very similar to Damian Eccles. Um uh in my in my view. Most people who spew hatred aren't very intelligent or motivated. Eccles. Correct. Okay, this is the last one. Um, hope is about something you want, but you think there might not be a chance. I'll try Eccles. Yeah, correct. You did really well. Oh, you know, that's... you know your Eccles. Uh, that I don't know much about Brady to be honest with you. I know about the crimes and stuff, but I can't. I don't know a lot of details. But Eccles, the the axioms, you know, he always is trying to talk in those little snippets of new age wisdom so there's uh-huh. something about that that comes across in those statements is that like, it's like he's, very a, he's a teacher yes yeah and he's telling everyone how to be good people and he's the greatest person and um, everything done to him was and everyone who um, wanted him killed was awful humans yeah, ambitious horrible prosecutors Everybody's the sameness of his language is very interesting. Yeah, no, it does. It's it, those were hard questions. It was hard to, for me to tell them apart, but yeah, very strange. I mean, they both. I mean, if you look, I mean, uh, Ian Brady uh, committed the crime with Mira Henley. Eccles committed the crime with Miss Kelly and Baldwin. You know, it's uh, and they were both very uh, obsessive people, megalomaniac. I mean, Brady is dead now. Damien Eccles still alive megalomaniac type people. I heard a rumor that uh, Brady and Hindley were into like witchcraft or something like that too. Do you ever hear that? No. Like there was a tinge, yeah. There was something there. I'm not going to use the word dabble, but uh, my understanding uh-huh. is that there was some other some other things going on there. I just they were found very into the Nazis, so and the Nazi, and wasn't Hitler into the Absolutely. The cult? Oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, astrology, Mythology, you know. I think I was told that he had a book of, I think it was Isis Unveiled by Blavatsky by his bed. That was his, that was where they got the idea of the Aryan. The Aryan race is at the top of her seven root races, 
and at uh-huh. least one other thing. So that's where the Aryan comes from. So uh-huh. yeah, and the swastika was also a big thing through Blavatsky as well. Part so, of because her all of her like secret masters were from tied to bed or something like that. That's where the original. I can't remember the mythology, but yeah. Yeah, he was not really not a Christian. They were gonna, the Nazis were headed towards, and their internal doctrines were to actually outlaw Christianity at a certain point. They just never got around to doing it. They're all pagans, mm-hmm. pagan occultists. Yeah. So, just I'm going to read a few comments. Uh, Crowley's uh, Happy Jack says Crowley's own autobiography tells how he tortured a cat as an experiment. Right. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so he he just did it in the end. He said it was he did it in the entrance of pure science. He took a cat and tortured it nine different times, killed it nine different ways to see if it would resurrect itself, and he and it didn't. So he basically, I think he, his summation of that little snippet was, um, I did it in the interest of pure science. And he also said other very callous, cruel things. There's another snippet from Confessions, which is his autobiography where he talks about sending this whole family up a very difficult mountaineering climb and they all died and then the wife came to pick up the remains of the bodies and uh, all she got in the remains was one bag of like body parts and he kind of laughed at that he thought it was funny so, so I, I guess this, I guess it's on the topic of the occult why do people um, associate transhumanism with the occult as sort of an occult um um that's a good question i i think it's uh something about like the double nature of uh lucifer is supposed to be like pandragine you know crowley talked about uh-huh. pandragine and so did genesis p word so i think that you're like um that transhumanism that added you know changing it whereas i, I think that would be in the, the the contradiction to you know how God created man and woman so you just uh-huh. you know, you're comfortable in your gender and so I think that and also you know the increase of the occult ideas of uh, always trying to increase in power and things like that that's that would be my my basic so you're like your own God yeah. you're creating uh, you know you're furthering humanity by using science and technology and creating sort of this God other man, yeah. other thing like you know I'm just thinking about um, robots uh, female you know the, this whole um, what do you call them intelligent robots I know there's what, a word um, no I know what you're me. talking about like um, yeah something Epstein was working on it didn't he finance like yeah. the yeah the next generation of uh, the yeah. deep programmer channel has done a fantastic work on uh, looking at kind of the misogyny of it and the men who are interested in it and there are always female robots right <laughs> why, have... why why isn't a woman creating the ideal male robot well i guess men think they're perfect i don't know yeah, i don't I'm know just, yeah, i think it's interesting it's always the yeah. stepford wife or whatever right right just trying to create yeah. a stepford wife. have you seen the sophia robot at all yeah yeah no it's crazy and then I saw like an expose of Sophia saying that I think an interviewer interviewed her, and I, I don't, I don't know, I really don't want to call her uh, it, it, the yeah. Sophia robot. I, yeah, I think it. it's better to call that the pronoun it than her. Yeah, it. Um, it and felt that it was a sham 
and that the people asked for the questions in advance and that he wouldn't do it and that it couldn't answer questions spontaneously at all and that it was a real failure kind of more like a PR thing to keep raising money to, to do it oh so and I right I see against it yeah well that guy I mean you want to talk about the Joe Rogan nexus is that he has all these guys on his show that are affiliated with the midnight cartoon or whatever like he uh-huh. has it's a Diaz I think and Trussell and all these other dudes and then he also had so, tons of people on there who associated with Epstein and all of Epstein's financing for Sophia and stuff like that uh, mm. all these guys Pinter and Krauss these kind of neo shamans you know these neo technical shamans are all over uh, Rogan's show it's incredible mm. wow I got to wrap this up. I got another. Yeah, me too. too. Oh, cool. I've come to the end of what I. <laughs> thank you so much uh, for you. for doing this. I well, really appreciate it. It uh, you know it just gives another another angle to kind of look at all the, the craziness that's associated with this case. It's still ongoing. Yeah, and there's still IG Discoveries pushing it. Bob, I mean, no surprise that Bob Ruff is is pushing it, yeah. but it seems to have like kind of was very quiet now it's like there's another big push to to yeah. push this out in the public this idea that they're innocent it's a good point i mean it's kind of like it goes slow and then back up and then something else happens there's another documentary like oh boy it's just another yeah it's another push and bob ruff i mean he's flogged that horse almost to like a dust <laughs> it just doesn't stop yeah it doesn't stop around so anyway all right. Well, thank you, William Rams. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Good uh, to talk with you. This. Thanks, everyone, for listening. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.